Before we jump into the episode today, I want to share something with you from my heart. First of all, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really can't tell you how much your support means to me. We've been doing the podcast now for almost four years. I can't even believe it. And I'm so grateful for each and every single one of you that listens, shares an episode with your friends, sends me a DM or a text message letting me know how an episode resonated with you or any aha moments. Seriously, I couldn't be more grateful to be able to create this podcast. It has been such a blessing in my life, and I love hearing the ways it's been able to provide value in yours as well. One thing you might not know is how much work it takes to be consistent with a podcast. In fact, did you know that the majority of podcasts don't make it past episode number 10? And we are well, 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 well beyond that. And it's just a lot thinking of the episodes, recording them, editing them, managing the guests, making sure that everything runs smoothly and gets uploaded consistently and regularly. And so that's why I have created an amazing opportunity for you to support the podcast monetarily. And in exchange for that, you will get exclusive premium subscriber content. So for as little as $3 a month, you can become a premium subscriber of the podcast. And every month I will upload new voice-guided workouts and breathwork meditation audio for you. So that way you can work out with me coaching you in your ears. You can also take a moment to reduce your stress and relax and come down and ground down with one of my breathwork audios. So if that is on your heart to support the podcast for as little as $3 a month to become a premium podcast subscriber, I can't tell you how much that means to me and the growth of this podcast. I appreciate you. If you're interested, Click the link in the description, become a premium podcast subscriber, new content every month, and while supplies last, I'll send you an exclusive podcast coffee mug so you can have your self-love and sweat coffee every morning. I appreciate you. Now let's get into the show. Welcome to Self-Love and Sweat, the podcast, the place where you'll get inspired to live your life unapologetically, embrace your perfect imperfections, break down barriers, and do what sets your soul on fire. I'm your host, London Souza. Hey friend, it's me, London Souza, online lifestyle transformation coach. I help people all over the world just like you who know they are meant for more, get their mind right and their body tight and go from crazy busy to crazy happy. And hey, if it's our first time meeting, welcome. So happy to have you. And if you've been with us for a while, it's so great that you're here too. I'm really excited to share this episode of the Self Love and Sweat podcast with you. cleaning. That's what we're talking about on this episode, but it's probably not in the way that you are used to hearing the talk about spring cleaning because today we're going to talk about spring cleaning your self-talk. Yes, cleaning up the way that you talk about yourself. So, 
yeah, spring cleaning is great when it comes to cleaning out that drawer, you know, that maybe you shove everything in. It's just like the junk drawer, the everything drawer. And it's great to, you know, clean out your closet and get rid of old clothes that you don't wear anymore and give those, you know, away or donate them to those in need. Totally cool. But today I want to kind of shift that a little bit. And I really want to talk to you guys about spring cleaning your self-talk, you know? In my coaching practice, I hear people talk so much crap to themselves. Literally, people are so mean to themselves. The things that I hear people say about themselves, sometimes I'm like, your worst enemy wouldn't even say that about you. I don't always say that out loud, though. I really like to listen and tune in and let people talk because I hear this all the time. And that's why I felt so compelled to make this episode and to talk about this topic. So right now when I'm recording this episode, it's spring. But I mean, whenever you're listening to this, any season, any year, any time, it's always relevant to stop and reflect and think about how you're talking to yourself. Because If you're not talking to yourself with respect and love, how can we expect anybody else to? It all starts with the way that we show up for ourselves. And so I want to ask you a question. Be honest. When was the last time you said something seriously loving to yourself? When's the last time you told yourself how amazing you are, how you're freaking crushing it, how fantastic of a parent you are, how much of a, you know, how great of a cook you are, and you're just like, I'm so amazing, I'm, you know, I'm doing my best, I'm showing up, I am enough. When's the last time you said that about yourself? Probably not lately, right? I mean, I hope so. I hope that the people that are coming onto my podcast, onto this podcast, the Self Love and Sweat podcast, are starting to understand the value and the importance of personal development and really, really, you know, showing up for ourselves. But hey, we're all human. And so, time and time again, even if you feel like, no, I actually do tell myself I'm awesome and I'm crushing it and I'm amazing a lot, it's always great to stop and reflect and really think about, okay, how. How can I improve the way that I'm talking to myself? How can I improve some of these things and some of you know the things that I'm saying because they're not serving you? Talking crap to yourself or to anyone for that matter is not serving anybody. So I just want to shed some light on these six tips that I have for you guys today on how to spring clean yourself talk. Number one, take ownership of what you're saying to yourself. Now, I'm a big fan of Dr. Joe Dispenza, and he's so amazing. He works a lot. I mean, he's been groundbreaking in the area of neuroscience and the way that changing our, our thought patterns and the way that we you know think and the way that it affects our personal reality and our reality and just everything in general. So I highly suggest that you fall in love with Dr. Joe Dispenza and all of his work. But one of the things that I learned from him is that we have 60 to 70,000 thoughts per day and 90% of them are the same as yesterday. Let me say that again. We have 60 to 70,000 thoughts per day and 90% of them are the same as yesterday. So how can we possibly expect drastic change if we are not taking consistent and intentional ownership and action surrounding our self-talk. 
So much power comes back to you when you stop pointing the finger at everyone and everything and you point it back at yourself. And the thing is, is you might not ever really be able to completely silence that inner voice. And, you know, a lot of it is rooted in in things of our past and have been with us for a really long time. So it's not always the case that you can completely silence it, but recognizing it and reframing it is so powerful. And just knowing that, like knowledge is power and information is power. And knowing that we have 60 to 70,000 thoughts per day and 90% of them are the same as yesterday. Like, I don't know about you guys, but that pulls at my heartstrings. That really, really, really makes me want to take ownership of what I'm saying to myself and adjust what I'm saying and what my reality looks like based on that. So that's my first tip is taking ownership of what you're saying to yourself. Just acknowledging the fact that the way that I'm talking to myself and the way that I'm you know, treating myself and the things that I'm saying are making an impact no matter No matter what, like no matter how much or how little weight I think that it holds, it holds a ton of weight. Tip number two, you will make time. I am so over hearing the excuse, I don't have time. And to be honest, I don't even work with VIP clients. Like I won't even take you on as a VIP client with people who tell me that they don't have time. They might say something like, yeah, I feel like I don't have time. I want to find the time. I want to figure out how to make more time for this. But if someone comes to me and is like, yeah, I want to work with you, London, but I just don't have time. I'm like, you know what? You're not ready for this. You're not ready for this lifestyle transformation that this type of coaching provides. When you're ready to acknowledge the fact that, hey, I have the time, I just haven't been spending it wisely, and there are ways and strategies that I haven't learned yet that we can you know, figure out um, to create more time, then I'm like, okay, now we're talking. But when people come to me and they're like, yeah, it might be easy, I just don't have the time, I'm like, all right, when you've changed that mindset and you've reframed that, then go ahead and come back to me. But it's it's one thing to feel like you're not using your time wisely. It's another thing to truly believe that you don't have as much time per day as everybody else on the planet. Because if it's high on your priority list and it's important enough to you deep down in your soul, you're going to make time for it and nothing will get in your way. So stop telling yourself you don't have time and instead say, I am choosing to say no to this and make time for other things that matter. Or I'm not going to make time for that. It doesn't sound like something I want to do today. Thanks anyways. You know, you can be honest. And this goes to like the way that you talk to yourself, but also the way that you talk to others. So, so many people are like, yeah, I I wanted to call you, but I just didn't have time. Or I wanted to do this, or I want to do this, but I don't have time for that. It's like, be honest with yourself and with other people. Like, it's just not a priority right now. I don't want to make the time for it. Or right now I can't, but later on down the road, I want to. So I'm going to, you know, kind of wait and see how things pan out and then I'll make time for it right? Or maybe you're like, oh, I really want to you know, learn how to play the guitar or I really want to take a course on this. And right now I really don't have the time because it's going to take me you know, six hours a week or something like that. But I'm really going to work towards figuring out you know, 
what's going on and where I can create more time. And I'm going to actively work towards that. And then once I, you know, kind of buffer out that time and and make, um, let's say, put some boundaries up around that time, then I'm going to go ahead and get after it. Okay. So tip number two for improving and spring cleaning your self-talk, you will make time. If it's important enough, trust me, you'll make the time. Number three, adjust your I am statements. Today on social media, I posted a picture of my whiteboard and it said, I am in the middle of it. And then I put some words all over it. And I encourage people in the comments to add to that list, you know, positive I am statements. You know, so many people say like, I am such an idiot. I am a failure. This is one I hear a lot too. I am such a procrastinator. I'm a total crazy person. I am always late. And the thing is, is if you find a lot of these qualities negative or unpleasant, why are you going to attach them so hard to your identity? It's like, I am, like you are a procrastinator. Well, maybe you're not, you know, I don't want you to say I am that, but maybe you have procrastinator tendencies and you're working towards, you know, getting things done in a timely manner. But a lot of the things that people say that they they are, like I am a crazy person, I am a failure, I am an idiot. Like, I'm like, okay, do you think that those qualities that you are, like, do you like them? No, I don't like them. I don't want to be those. Well, then Why are you attaching them so hard? It's like they're stuck onto you like super, super, super glue, you know? So how about instead, today was tough, but I did my absolute best. I learned a lot about how not to do things today. Or I'm going to do my best to give myself more buffer time so I can consistently arrive or deliver on time, okay? So these are just some ways to adjust it. Making a conscious adjustment is freaking pure magic, friends. And reciting these new and improved I am statements can be a great, great, great way, a great, great, great way to improve your overall quality of life. And I talked about my 3M formula to go from madness to magic in the morning. And you guys might have um, listened to that episode, but um, this is a great thing to add to one of your M's. And if if you haven't listened to that episode, I would highly suggest you go back to that after this one is over because it's just such an amazing episode and, and it just really helps start the trajectory of your day. But using your I am statements for the second M is so powerful, so, so powerful. And I say this a lot, but if you change your words, you can change your world. If you change your words, you can absolutely change your world. Tip number four, failure is freaking fantastic. (laughs) Get used to failure, friends. Become friends with failure and seriously become best friends with failure. Get to know failure so well, like get to know it so, so, so well, and don't be afraid of it because it's going to come no matter what. And it just matters how you perceive failure. I always see it as an opportunity to learn and you have to see it that way. Failure is your biggest teacher and you'll learn all the ways and all the reasons why something doesn't work and how to do it better. 
okay? You're not lucky if you haven't had any failures. They're coming. Be ready. (laughs) You got this. And you're going to learn very, very valuable lessons and be able to reassess and take action and keep it moving, okay? So you need to reframe how you see failure. This is so, so important. And just because you have failed doesn't make you a failure. So you don't need to say like, I am a failure just because you failed at something. Like I failed at a lot of things. I've tried a lot of things and not necessarily, like when I say I failed, I don't even think of it as like a failure. It's kind of like, oh, I tried that out and I realized, hmm, that way doesn't work. That way failed. But that doesn't mean I'm a failure. It just means like I figured out that that doesn't work and now I'm gonna come back to the drawing board and try something new. Okay, you just need to dust yourself off and find another way. Okay, you are not a failure just because you found a way that something doesn't work or you've tried, you know, something and it didn't work out the way that you planned or you, you know, went after a business idea or a business venture and it didn't work out or you tried a new diet or a new strategy or whatever for health and wellness and it didn't work out. That doesn't mean you're a failure. It just means that that way that you did that probably isn't the way that's going to work for you, especially if you can say like, oh, I gave it my all. You know, it's not like, oh, I tried that and I ate one salad and like now I didn't lose weight, so that failed, you know, but you really, really made a conscious effort and you realize, hmm, that didn't work. It didn't work out the way that I planned or the way that I thought it would and, you know, it's all good. It's all good. So make friends with failure. Become best friends with failure. Don't be afraid of failure, okay? Give her a name. Maybe we call her Fran, (laughs) just another F, but just get to know failure and be okay with it and be comfortable with it. It's nothing to be ashamed about. It's awesome. You get to learn a lot from your mistakes and a lot from that failure. Number five for spring cleaning your self-talk is to start with one word or phrase at a time. So for me personally, I started with the word busy, okay? If you would have talked to me like probably two years ago, you would have heard me say, I was so busy. Like, sorry, I couldn't get back to you. I was so busy. Oh my gosh, my schedule is so busy. And like for some reason, I thought that that made me kind of sound you know, important maybe a little bit or like, oh, just my schedule was so busy. And I continued to let busy run my life and to be my excuse for everything. But I finally decided a couple years ago to completely eliminate the word busy from my vocabulary and instead replace it with full or abundant. So you'll probably hear me say like, oh, I had a really full day. Like I have a really abundant schedule. I just feel like busy is a cop out. Like I feel like people let busy, whatever busy is or whoever busy is run their life. And so many people come to me when they, you know, want to start working with me as a client and they're like, I am so crazy busy. I feel like I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off. I'm so busy. I feel like I don't even have enough hours in the day to do anything. And I just feel like if we go back to those default words and the default ways that we kind of have talked about ourselves and our lives and all the things, um, then we kind of go back to those default habits and ways. And so I really love to transition words out of my vocabulary and reframe them. Going back to the point that we have, you know, 60 to 70,000 thoughts per day, and a lot of them are on repeat, I'm like, no, I'm going to capture some of those thoughts and even some of those words that I'm saying, and I'm going to reframe them and readjust them because I can 
and it makes a difference. When I say that I feel like my schedule is full and abundant, it feels so different than when I say, oh, my schedule is so busy. It's so crazy busy. It just feels better and it sits better. Busy feels scattered and out of control. Full and abundant for me feel intentional and like they come with a plan, right? So start with one word at a time. Think about something, maybe an I am statement or a word that you use a lot and say, okay, from here on out, I'm going to replace that word with something else. And it can be whatever you want, you know? It can be yeah, it's unique to you. So, you know, I'm just, I'm speaking from experience. I'm speaking from, um, you know, my experience as a coach, but also my personal experience and everybody's different, you know? So that's another really, really great thing is you don't need to do everything all at once. You don't need to do all the things all at once. That's going to become overwhelming. Okay. One thing at a time, one word at a time. And number six, for spring cleaning your self-talk. And this is one that I I personally have. If you were to come over to my apartment, you would see this at my apartment. But cover your mirror with sticky notes about physical things we love about ourselves and why. Okay? Because so many people wake up in the morning and they go to the mirror and they're like looking at themselves and like picking apart, oh, my skin is this. Oh, I have wrinkles. Like I'm ugly. I'm so tired. I'm exhausted. I just love covering at least part of my mirror that I look at in the morning first thing or when you go to brush your teeth or splash some water on your face with things that I love about myself and why. You know, it doesn't need to be like long drawn out sentences, but Things that I have, for example, um, like I have, I love that my thighs touch. Like no matter how hard I try, I know I never really like tried to be honest, but you remember like the thigh gap was in and I don't know, hopefully it's not still, but I put on my mirror, like I love that my thighs touch. I'm closer to becoming a mermaid because my thighs touch, you know? And actually one time I ran a half marathon and I crossed the finish line and a friend of mine, you know, looked at me and she's like, Lenton, are you okay? Like, did you start your period? And I like looked down and I had blood running down my leg and I was like, no, I don't think so. And I like ran to the bathroom and sure enough, you know, the pant leg on my shorts had run up and I chafed. My thighs touch and my thighs rubbed together until they bled and straight up mermaid status reframe it, uh, readjust it, and um, put that on your mirror. I also put on my mirror that I like my bigger nose. It's like my dad's. So for the longest time uh, when I was younger, I just like really didn't like my nose. I wanted to get a nose job. I have, um, I don't even want to say like a bigger nose. It's just like more prominent and it looks like my dad's. Like it's, it's in, runs in our family. It's a Sousa nose, if that makes sense. And my dad, um, his family is Portuguese. So his family comes from the Azor Islands in Portugal. And I'll never forget when we went to Portugal like a couple years ago, I think it was like almost three summers ago. Yeah, it'll be about three summers ago. We went to Portugal. It was my first time ever. And I remember being like, oh my gosh, there are like other women and even men who have like a nose like me. And I just like, now I'm like totally cool with it. It's not something I think about at all. But I remember when I was younger, I used to like look at pictures and like make sure that it was like at a certain angle and that my nose looked okay. And I always thought it was like, I don't know, kind of wavy. I can't explain it, but that's just how I felt. And I think that we all, you know, I never tried to really explain to someone what I thought my nose looked like, but 
That's the truth. Like when I was younger, I just was like, oh, I really want to get a nose job. I feel like my nose is like big and like it just is like very prominent. Um, But then I was like, no, I like my bigger nose, my prominent nose. And it's like my dad's. And it's actually like people that I saw in Portugal, which was like, oh, this is like, you know, where some of my heritage comes from, half of my heritage comes from. And I remember like loving that even more when I saw it through those people. I also have that I I love my feet because they walk all over and are my transportation since I don't have a car. So when I lived in California before I moved to Austria, I used to be a mobile personal trainer and I would drive all over the place. Like I would drive from Long Beach, California, all the way to San Clemente, which is, yeah, if you guys are familiar with California, with traffic, it can sometimes be like a three-hour drive to get from place to place. And so when I moved to Austria, I sold everything, and I, including my car, and and then when I moved to Austria, I was like, oh, public transportation is amazing. There's buses, there's trams, there's trains that go everywhere and I can walk. And so I put on my mirror that I, I love my legs and I love my feet because they walk all over and are my transportation since I don't have a car. And this can be whatever. And I, and I highly encourage you to write nice things about physical things about your body that most of the time you say bad things about and most of the time you say negative stuff about. So like, yeah, you might not actually believe it when you write it down, but if you read it enough times and you show up every single day looking at that and reading that out loud, you'll begin to appreciate those things about yourself and see the good and the beautiful and the strength and all of those things and the unique uniqueness in those things that make you, you, you know? So what do your, I love me statements say? Maybe you can say some out loud or you think about them now, but I really encourage you to get sticky notes and write them on the sticky notes and put them on your mirror, put them on a place that you see frequently, especially like first thing in the morning. It's so, so important. So, so important. And it just, yeah, when I read it, I have to laugh. You know, I kind of make them funny. Like I said, I'm like, huh, I'm a mermaid, (laughs) you know, or whatever that might look like. So Those are my six tips, you guys, for spring cleaning your self-talk. I'll just read them one more time. Number one, take ownership of what you're saying to yourself. Number two, you will make time. Number three, adjust your I am statements. Number four, failure is freaking fantastic. Number five, start with one word or phrase at a time. And number six, cover your mirror with sticky notes with all the things you love about your physical body and why. Because even implementing just one of these six tips is going to make a massive difference for you this spring. And anytime, whether you're spring cleaning, you fall cleaning, you're winter cleaning, like anytime you need to clean up your self-talk, these six tips will make a massive difference difference. We do so much. We have so many powerful goals that we need to work towards and you need to believe in you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Self Love and Sweat, the podcast. Hey, do me a favor. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, give us a review. This really helps a lot. And share this with a friend. I'm only one person. And with your help, we can really spread the message of self love and sweat and change more lives all around the world. I'm London Souza reminding you that you deserve a life full of passion, presence, and purpose fueled by self-love and sweat. This podcast
podcast is a HitSpot Austria production. 